0: Build Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Well, hello, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. I'm, of course, your number one queer cripple, Andrew Gerza, your disabled dreamboat, Andrew Gerza, and I am excited that you are here Let's get this awesome episode started. Alright friends, well as I record this, it is September 3rd when I'm recording this. Uh, it It is a Monday, September 3rd as I record this, and I kind of hate that winter is coming. I'm really not excited about it as a wheelchair user. The whole seasonal change thing has got me kind of upset. I have a little bit of a cold when I record this, and I'm a little bit pissed off that winter is coming. Um, but I do enjoy that that it was Labor Day weekend this past weekend and in my little apartment in Toronto I got to watch all the young university students come back in and, and start their new lives and I secretly hoped that one of the really hot ones would come over and sit on my joystick. Of course they didn't, but a boy can dream. But even as I record this, even though it's September, it's still summer here, fall hasn't come yet, but it's still summer. And if you're in places like Australia, and I know there are like four thousand people that listen in Australia, whoa! Thank you. Um, if you're in places like Australia and you're listening, summer will be coming up in a few months. And so, in my rigorous Google searching for upcoming episode topics for the show, I saw a lot of summer sex tips to make sex hotter in the summer, how to steam up your summer with sex, kind of tips in in the online world recently. And I noticed that none of these tips incorporated or talked about disability in any way, and so I wanted to, much like the episode 60, 68, where I, where I looked at gym sex and sex with the gym and that kind of stuff, this episode will look at seasonal sex tips that may or may not work for disabled people. But, before I get to any of that, I have some big fucking news that I'm so excited to share. This coming week, I am recording an episode of this program with some of my podcast idols. Podcast royalty, if you will. As some of you may know, I also love true crime comedy podcasts. One of my absolute favorite shows of all time is the Wine and Crime Girls, the three friends out of Minnesota who chug wine and talk true crime while sharing their worst Minnesotan accents. I don't know what that was. I was trying to do it. But they are fantastic, and I've been following them for about a year now. And if you're not listening to this show, you need to be listening to it immediately. Pause me and download all of their things. It's a great program. Anyway, I've been chatting with them the last few months, because I've been following them on social media, and consensually stalking them with love and support, saying that I really enjoy their stuff. And I've been chatting with them over the last few months about guesting on this show, And I know you're wondering, how does the Sex and Disability podcast cross over with the Murder podcast, right? Well, here's how. They're going to come on the show and ask common questions people might have about sexuality and disability. There's going to be drinking, laughter, and comedy stylings. By the time you have listened to this episode, we'll have recorded yesterday. So you're listening on a Friday, and we will have recorded on Thursday... but i'm not sure when i'll be releasing it so stay tuned this i am so excited for this crossover it's going to be fucking awesome and it'll be a whole new kind of nice pop for the girls to uh, to to say but uh, it's it's really exciting so stay tuned for that one last final thing before we dive right into this episode if you've been following my social media at Andrew Garza on Twitter, you might have seen that I'm starting yet another podcast project. I am sta- I, this idea came to me the other day just out of nowhere and I kind of wanted to run with it. I want to start a show called When I Was a Disabled Kid. And this is a show where I will interview disabled, chronically ill or mad adults about their childhood navigating disability, chronic illness or madness. And I want to find out what it was like for disabled adults when their childhoods and, and what their childhoods and disability-hoods were like. The response to this idea blew up on my Twitter the other day. I put a little survey up, one of those Twitter polls, and I got about over 135 responses within like 12 hours, which I thought was pretty awesome. People seem to be really into it, and they've already started emailing me over the weekend with ideas and wanting to be interviewed for the show. So, nothing is ready yet, or even a little bit produced, but I wanted to let you know that this is happening. When I, when I was a disabled kid, will be out soon. I'm working on getting graphics, and I'm working on getting stuff, and I really want to make cripple content creations into a DIY network for indie disabled podcast creators. So I'm working on the things. If you want to be a part of this show when I was a disabled kid, you can email me at andrew at or even disabilityafterdark.com, disabilityafterdark at gmail.com, and let me know all the things, and I would love to have you on the show. Basically, if you're a disabled adult and you had a disabled childhood, I want to talk to you. Lastly, though, for real this time, it's fall time, and that means that I'm available for live shows and live events. At your college or university. And I want to bring my queer, my number one queer cripple identity to your college community group, etc. If you or anybody you know is interested in having me either in person or via Skype to your university this fall, let me know. Let's set something up. You can email me directly. But that's all the shameless plugs I have. Now let's get to today's episode. So I'm going to do things one of two ways here, and I think I'm going to go the second way. The first thing is I was only going to do summer sex tips, but then I noticed that people had done our articles about every season sex tips, so I was going to do summer. I'm going to, I think for this one, we're going to do summer and fall sex tips. Um, So first we're going to start with summer, and then we're going to move into fall at some point during this episode and do tips for that. We're going to look at the ways summer sex tips totally don't work, for disabled people, or in ways that they do, in fall sex tips as well. So we're going to look at the way seasonal sex tips work or don't work for disabled people. And we're going to get started right now. So one of the first ones I saw in a lot of the magazines that I was looking at was to use your imagination. Now, none of the tips spoke about disability directly, but I saw that people were saying to use your imagination, and I thought that this was a really great idea. The articles talk about how you should envision yourself fucking on a dock or in a boat or on the beach. And I thought as a sexy gimp, these visions are awesome as so much of what they're saying is not accessible. As much as I want to, I'll never fuck on a boat. I'll probably never fuck on the beach. And we'll get to one of those tips in a minute because it's ridiculous. But the imagination could also help couples with disabilities get off on that magical summer scene together. So if you both are Really disabled and can't, could never actually do any of this stuff. You can close your eyes, jerk each other off, fuck each other, and think that you're on a beach. I would love for Cosmo to talk about how imagination is ama- is an amazing resource for disabled lovers and their partners, but that's never gonna happen. So, but I found it t- to be interesting that use your imagination was one of the first things I saw, because disabled people are experts at doing that to get to make themselves feel good. So that's a great seasonal sex tip. Imagination. So many articles about summer sex have suggested that to beat the heat, you should work with ice or put your vibrators in the fridge or freezer to give yourself a chilly, erotic sensation. Ew. As a disabled person with spastic cerebral palsy, I have poor circulation and my muscles get extra tight when I'm colder. If you've ever worked with somebody with different levels of sensation or different disabilities using mine as a benchmark. if If you've worked with somebody with CP or hung out with a CP person or fucked a CP person, when we get cold, our bodies really, really get really tense. If you've seen me in or out of the pool ever, I am the coldest person ever all the time. So the idea of putting ice cold anything on my body as a sexy plot device feels super difficult. I keep picturing myself trying to jerk off with an ice cube or an ice vibrator and spastically throwing it across the room because it's just too cold. Also, as a disabled person with spastic anything, if my partner tried to use ice on me as a sexy thing and it was too cold, I'd probably punch them in the balls out of spasticity. So I really, and also just imagine me trying to like go to the freezer and like get the thing. Out of the freezer, I'd probably drop the ice cube a thousand times because I have limited dexterity, and cold things are cold, which means my senses are freak out, and I can't hold the cold thing enough to like get the cold thing to the bedroom. So that would just be problematic and tough to do. Uh, and I just think it's—I just think for a disabled person, sex with ice in the summer is not—it's just not a good, just not a good idea. Might I suggest, though, sexy fan blowing instead? You could, like, put a... You could put a, a an oscillating fan in the room and have it blow on you, like, soft, cool air. That might be sexier than, like, blasting your genitals with ice because then you won't punch your partner or hurt yourself trying to get off. Just a thought. It would be really awesome if... Cosmo or these magazines would look at accessible options because ice is just not an option for a lot of us. When we get into the fall sexy tips I'll look for like heat because for he- for sex a lot of us heat is a really good thing because it, it loosens up our muscles and stuff so I'll look for that in in the fall sex tips, but ice can just lead to our muscles being constricted which can be really and it just it doesn't feel very good to have your muscles when you have spastic anything to have your muscles constrict like that a lot. For many, for people without disabilities and without spastic anything, they their muscles will constrict a little bit, but to have it continually constrict due to cold and to have that sensation when you're disabled that hypersensation just wouldn't make the sex feel good. It would make the sex feel really, really hurt. I think anyway. Really, really not feel good on our insides because it would just all the muscles would be so so tight. One of the next tips that I saw for summer sex things was one of the articles suggested that people do sex on the beach and so we all know how I talk about being a dead turtle in bed and if you've listened to this show I've mentioned that like a million times now and I talk about how I'm a dead turtle and that's me on my back unable to move and if I was if a partner was able to get me on the beach to fuck me it would most likely be the most dead turtley sex thing that ever ever existed many of the articles that bring up Sex on the beach, talk about it like this. The articles say stuff like, Summer's the time to realize this fantasy if you've ever wondered about it, and who hasn't? Hashtag, I haven't. They say, it could be a romantic rendezvous in an empty moonlit stretch of sand, or a cheekier daylight romp, hidden away from the sight of nearby beachgoers. Ugh, barf. As a wheelchair user, with a big electric power chair, all I can picture in this scenario is me and my lover trying to get on the beach and my wheelchair getting stuck in the sand for 20 minutes? Well, they tried their hardest to push me off the beach. And then if by chance we were able to get me on the beach, like I'm envisioning like the the scenes in movies where like the lovers are on the beach making out. If that were to happen and like the waves were to come up, I can picture like me getting too cold and getting splashed with the waves, and then punching my lover in the balls anyway. And also, like, how would I get sand out of my air? It just feels, it feels like a lot of work for a disabled person to try to have sex on the beach. And also there are, oftentimes, there are not a lot of ramps on beaches in the accessible areas for disabled people to get on the beach. So how would you get down? Um, there was... A ram. There was a bunch of rams on Bondi Beach in Australia when I went a few months ago. Those were fantastic, and I could get right down to a rock pool. So on that beach, on that beach, I could fuck. I could. So if anybody, if any hot Australians want to try to get down with me and have dead turtle sex on the beach, I'm down to try. But if a wave comes, I'm probably gonna punch you in the balls with my spastic hands. Just so you know. One of the things that they said you could do on the beach to be romantic is to put sunscreen on your partner, and that I can do, although being super disabled and having spastic hands, I can do the sunscreen thing as a sexy massage, although it will take, like, 25 minutes for me to do that because of my super crippled hands, and I don't have enough dexterity to, like, rotate my hands in a fast, sexy motion, but I can totally do that for you. I can do it. It'll just take some time. So if you want to... Take your time and have dead turtle sex and then do sunscreen. I'm all about that. One of the next ones I'm seeing here for summer sex is to make a summer sex pact. They say, agree with every barbecue, wedding, or event you attend that so you'll find a way to sneak off and get it on. Tiptoe away from the scene and fool around wherever you can, whether it's a steamy makeout or a furtive quickie. I think this is cool but I think this could be more accessible if we if you spend time with your partner looking for, in my case, wheelchair accessible sex spaces to sneak off. And so you could make a summer sex pact to fuck in every disabled bathroom with your disabled partner. You could make a summer sex pact to like look for the sexy places where somebody with a disability could have sex. And you could do that together. That could be a fun thing. If you're a disabled person dating another disabled person, or if you're a disabled person dating another dating a, dating a non-disabled person, you could do this together and have like a accessible sex map of places you could fuck. I think actually that's a great fucking idea. We, I should partners that have been with me. Let's create that together. Anyone, anyone, and if anybody wants to do that with me for disability after dark, just generally, I'm so there for that. The next one I see here is you could play Strip Checkers. They say that you might not think of a rainy day game like Checkers as floor play, but here's how you can use it as use it to get in the mood. You can write down a bunch of names of garments and then put it on the squares and all that stuff. This, this would be a great game for partners to, for like, for, for, Either for either both disabled people, physically disabled people, to like undress each other, this could be a fun game for you to learn about each other, or for a non-disabled partner to undress a disabled partner in a playful way, where they learn about their body that way. Um, you could also do it in a way where uh, the the disabled person undresses the non-disabled person, and it may take a while, but it could be a fun bonding experience to show the non-disabled person how your body works. It could be a really fun game to play. Yeah, and I think we could make that... That could totally be accessible. It could take... Again, it would take maybe more time, but it would show both partners how their bodies work differently because of disability or because of otherwise. You could call it strip-a-crip checkers. Oh, yeah, you totally could. Summer strip-a-crip checkers. Strip-a... Strip-a-crippled checker this summer. Something like that, but it could be totally hilarious and totally playful. One of the big ones that I saw in a lot of the summer sex tips lists was uh, to go on a sexy camping trip. And I, as a disabled person, I love and hate camping because camping means that you need to be all about nature. And when you're disabled, nature and like lack of electricity and lack of showering and lack of... Amenities can be real problematic. I love the idea of fucking a dude in a tent. I really do. I used to go camping as a kid, and it was, like, totally my jam, and I had secret fantasies at 14 of, like, fucking a dude in a tent. So, look, if any hot muscle bears, and I know there are, like, really fun queer gay camping trips that happen all the time, if anybody wants to take me on one of those and see what it's like to camp with a disabled guy like me, I'm down for that, but I need somebody hot to lift me in and out of the tent, quite literally. And I need a place where I can plug in my chair. Camping doesn't really, it just doesn't feel super accessible. Now, as a disabled person, if you want to have a sexy kind of camping trip, we could glamp together. As long as I can get a plug in for my stuff, I'm good to go. So uh, the next time there's like a sexy bear camping trip, sign me up. one of the things I saw that I I don't really agree with on these lists that I found super problematic and wanted to, like, bring up, they were just like, oh, go to a friend's place for the weekend, and I just kind of sighed because I was like, how is this disabled person supposed to just go to a friend's place for the weekend? Like, so many places are inaccessible, and so many friend's places don't think about accessibility because they're not disabled. So how could I just swap beds with a friend for a weekend to, like, Fuck my partner there, have a hookup there. That that doesn't really that doesn't really work, and then that's not so sexy when you can't when you don't have accessibility there. Hashtag summer accessibility is sexy, y'all. And also, a lot of summer sex tips options were like just go on a vacation with your lover, just go, just get away somewhere. And again, I thought, you know, as a disabled person, the idea of a vacation is nice. But the reality is so much harder because you lose a lot of accessibility. Your 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 equipment might be damaged on the plane. You might not get accessible accommodations. So you could have a staycation where you get, like, sexy drinks and you get sexy stuff. And you, you outfit your disabled apartment to... You make it really hot, you, go, you wear no clothes with a partner, you do all those things. You could totally do a staycation in your house, but the idea that you could just go on vacation and just get away as a disabled person is a nice idea, and for some of us it's possible, but for a lot of us, getting away requires so much more thought that just running away for like a weekend sling is just not realistic. One of the other options in Redbook was that they're like, hot temps call for cool treats. And there's a picture of like two conventionally attractive, able bodied people like having an ice cream and laughing together. And I just thought, you know, back to in one of the episodes, I talk about how a partner can feed me and that's sexy as fuck. I would be down for it if a hot person wanted to feed me ice cream and have me like spastically drool it all over the place. That's hot. I'm down for that. That's an accessible, sexy option. Having my partner feed me ice cream or me feed them ice cream and drop it all over the place and it could be a hilarious memory we could make together. I keep wanting to switch to the fall thing and move on to the next segment, but I keep seeing hilarious things that I want to keep bringing up, so I'm going to keep bringing them up because they're really funny. Somebody was like, have sex on the roof, and I just, again, I'm picturing me, picture me in dead turtle position on the roof and trying to have sex with somebody and not fall off the roof. When you put a disabled person, especially a disabled person with spastic cerebral palsy, on a roof or on anywhere high where they might fall down and get scared of falling down, their reaction is to go spastic and tighten up again. So if I'm going to have sex with you on a roof, I'm going to be scared of falling the whole time and you either have to protect me and make sure that we both don't fall down or, let's not have sex on the roof. And also, how would you get me on the roof? It would just, it just seems so inaccessible. And then they said, like, having sex on a trampoline, which I initially thought was problematic. But I then I thought, I've been on trampolines before. I used to be, I used to be go to a gym and do gymnastic stuff and go on a trampoline a little bit. That would actually be super fun for our muscles to, like, have somebody grind with us on a trampoline because the bouncing would make the muscles relax. Maybe a little bit, so that could be an accessible option for people with sensory things, trampolines in the summer, and it also could be hot. But the roof, definitely not the roof. So that's it for summer sex tips, and now we're going to take a quick break, do a quick ad, and come back with fall sex tips if you are sexy and disabled. Some that don't work, some that might work. We're going to play around with that, and we'll be right back right here on Disability After Dark. There's a lot more to come on this episode of Disability After Dark, but first we're going to play some ads from our awesome sponsor and some great listeners. So we'll do that and we'll be right back on Disability After Dark, the podcast shining light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker-owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. And we're back. I want to thank Come As You Are for being our amazing sponsor of this program uh, for, all, for two years running now. So thanks, Come As You Are. If you want to pick your thing from them, go to comeasyouare.com and you can get free shipping by typing in after dark. Also, I'm looking for new listener ads for this program. If you want to do an ad saying what the show means for you, And while you listen, you can go on your voice memo app on your phone and record a 20-30 to second clip about why Disability After Dark is important to you. And you can email it to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and I'll play it in our ad breaks. And thank you so much for listening. This show is totally listener-supported by you. As you know, via our Patreon, if you want to support the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash content, And I promise I am going to start working on that... Disabled Criperodica Porn that I talked about in the last episode. It's coming, I'm starting to do things with it, I'm excited for you to hear. But for now, pledge what you can to help the show go, because you help support me and you help support Ray, my research assistant in Vancouver, who does things for me and comes up with show ideas, so pledge if you can, and if you can't, spread the word to your friends about the show. But now, let's get back to the show right now. Okay, so we've done the summer part. Now I wanted to move into fall and look at the fall sex tips and discover whether or not they were accessible to disabled people and what I thought about them. And one of the first things I saw, I hopped on Google and typed in fall sex tips just generically to see what would come up. And I got, right away I got a thing from Cosmo, 10, 10 fall sex tips that will keep him warm or some bullshit like that. And I, the first thing I saw was they were like, you could use your scarf as a bondage tool and initially i laughed because i was like oh no that's not a sexy bondage tool but then i thought about it in terms of accessibility and i thought oh actually that would work because if leather hurts your skin or if leather causes skin damage or breakdown or something for you if you are somebody with different sensory disabilities tying your soft scarf around you as a bondage thing could be really hot there's a there's a bondage place in New York called Yarnus. I'm not sure if I mentioned them before, but they do like knitted bondage toys and then like harnesses and shit, and I'm so there for that. So if Yarness, if you're listening, send me some product and I'd love to try. But yeah, tying your scarf around somebody for um for sexy fall sex tips as a disabled as a disabled person. If you want to get tied up as a disabled person, that wouldn't hurt your skin, I don't think. And if you want to do the tying as a disabled person, that would be easy for you to tie your partner up. Maybe. One of the other ones I see here for fall is, turn your seemingly infinite autumn layers into the longest strip tees ever. Basically what they're saying is because you have to wear so many layers in the the fall seasons, it would take you forever to get it off. I laughed at this because as a disabled person... I wouldn't even need to wear layers for it to take forever. It would just take forever. So uh, you could have your partner take off your layers for you as a disabled person. That would be easier for you. And it would take time still because layers plus spastic body means it's really hard to get things off. That could take some time and that could be fun. Uh, They say, by the time you reach your flannel, something's getting torn off your body like, whoa, ew! Ew! That's just so ridiculous, but it could be fun to play with how long it takes for you to to undress yourself or somebody else in either, in either the summer or fall thing, really. Use your disability as a giant selling point there, for sure. Then it's like, sneak away from your apple-picking trip for a covert makeout session under the branches. Okay, when I was... When I was a, a teenager and a kid, I used to go apple picking with my family a lot. And every single time I went apple picking, my chair would get stuck in the orchard or stuck in the leaves. Or anytime I've done anything fall related with like orchards or forests or anything, my chair got stuck in the muddy leaves. Because it's, it's almost winter, right? So everything is dying and falling down. So this is probably not a good idea. Much like camping for a disabled person, you're going to get stuck in the mud or you're going to get stuck in the leaves. And then you can't get away for hot makeup because you're stuck in the fucking leaves. So that's not the most accessible thing ever. But if you are somebody who doesn't use a wheelchair and can get around with like a cane or something, that might be more amenable to you. But definitely for wheelchair users, the whole idea of sneaking away under the branches is problematic and really tough to do. Um, but again, if some hot muscle bear wants to carry me into an orchard and fuck me there... Well, we eat apples, I'm so there for that. Also, what you could do is get somebody to deliver you orchard-picked apples at your house and then make apple crumble together or apple crisp together, and then you could feed me it, and then you could fuck me. That's another option, too. Another one I see here that we talked about ice earlier being problematic because the coldness, like, brings, it makes your whole body constrict, and that's the problem. Another one I see here for fall, moving, moving temperatures, they're like... Drizzle hot apple cider on your nipples for him to lick off. Um, The problem with that is that I want you to picture me with my spastic body, trying to get anything hot, or anything with with a really stark temperature, into anywhere, especially anything hot, that is that is prone to falling. That's just not possible. How am I gonna? If I drizzle hot apple cider on my nipples, I would go spastic from the heat throw the apple cider across the room, burn myself, and probably have to call a firefighter in. Now, this could be... this Actually, looking at this fantasy, this could turn into a really hot fantasy because if I, if I was going to burn myself and I threw the hot apple cider across the room and a hot firefighter had to come save me, maybe before we looked at the third-degree burns I had on my body, maybe we could fuck? Question mark? Fuck in my wheelchair? Question mark? Um... But yeah, the whole idea of hot apple cider isn't really doesn't isn't really safe for somebody with spastic CP. Again, not all disabilities are included here. Some of you totally could do that, but I certainly fucking couldn't. But I do want to have sex with a fireman, so I'll think about it. One of the ones I kind of liked envisioning here that is totally not realistic. And again, my wheelchair would definitely get stuck here. But they're like, use a playful leaf-throwing fight as foreplay. Okay, I, because of my spastic body, I can't throw anything at any kind of, like, speed or velocity or any kind of, like, with any kind of force. It's actually pretty hilarious. So the idea of me throwing leaves at a partner will me would really just end up with me throwing leaves back onto myself. So it really wouldn't be any kind of foreplay. I mean, if... The partner wanted to spend the afternoon getting leaves out of my wheelchair and getting leaves out of my, like, out of my crevices in my body. Sure, that we could do that, but like I just, and then they were like, "Oh, your partner, the thing, the the tips say, oh, you can pin, you can be pinned to the ground on the leaves and have a leaf fight and then have do dry humping." That would be, I just see that being really tough because like, I would fall in the leaves and then you'd have to get me out. It would just be much too hard. I'd be dead turtle in leaves. It would just be too there's comedy there, definitely. Not practicality so much. But if you wanted to have a funny foreplay moment with disability, that's the way to do it. Let's fucking some leaves. I might suffocate, but it could be hilarious. Both in the summer and the fall versions of these sex tips, I saw people I saw people suggesting that yo, you could just go have a have a like moonlit, like hide and go seek, sex romp thing in force. Okay, first of all, nobody wants to be caught by the Blair Witch and killed. Yo, that's not the, like paranormal stuff isn't sexy for me. No, no, no. I love it, but I don't wanna. I don't wanna fuck around it. One, two. I have no sense as a wheelchair user with cerebral palsy, and many of us with disabilities and different types of disabilities have really shitty sense of spatial awareness. So me in the dark trying to have, like, a blindfolded moment. And a lot of the summer sex tips, too, were like, oh, just blindfold your partner and then you can't see anything. I, and that's super dangerous for me with no sense of spatial awareness. Chances are I'll run you over by not seeing you or I'll get lost in the dark, fall down somewhere with my wheelchair naked and not be able to, like, call up for help or something. So, yeah, these are not, like, sex in the woods as a wheelchair user is not a sexy thing, especially in the dark. Um, you could really... Like there are other options like again go glamping in the woods and turn off all the lights and do all that but don't like having sex in the woods in the fall or summer as a as a disabled person just could lead to many many more problems especially in the in the dark I mean I love dark sex and shit but like no 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 no, no. One of the things that I saw when I was looking through this thing is that it said that most relationships start in the fall and this could be a great time for somebody with a disability who may be kind of worried about putting in their, you know, disclosing their disability and, and going being really outwardly forward with it. This could be a good time for you to reconsider being super disabled and sexy about yourself and really owning the fact that you're a disabled person when you put yourself out there on your profiles, or on your Tinder, or on your grinder, on your scruff, or wherever it is you do the dating, you could be really, really direct about the fact that you're disabled because it's fall time and you might that crippled confidence might uh might garner you some sexy sexy relationship stuff. I just read an article about fall sex and it said that guys get turned on by the the whiff of pumpkin pie. No wonder Starbucks is all about like pumpkin spice latte because they want people to get boners at the store and then come back. No wonder it's all marketing. Anyway, my point is that maybe you as a disabled person and your partner could make a pie together. I have done this not with Sexy Time Partners but with my mom. And I have made pies together. And it's hilarious watching disabled people cook or bake things when they really can't by themselves. It takes forever. And I remember I did this with my mom a couple years ago. We made a cake for my birthday. And I whisked the cake with her. And it took, God, it took like forever. But it could be a fun thing for you to do together. So if you want to make like apple crisp or pumpkin pie together and have a moment where like a new partner learns about your body again, bake something together and you can see... They can see how your body moves, and they can see what your needs might be, and it could be a good fall bonding foreplay moment, and it could like you could spastically throw pumpkin pie across the room, and that could be hilarious, and then you could move on. Just a thought. This whole episode ends with me saying you should spastically throw beverages or things across the room, right? I feel like I've said that four times in this episode alone, but it's too funny. So, because I keep picturing myself throwing things across the room. Um, but you could do that with a partner and they could then see how your body works and see how, what, they could, they could learn things about you in a whole different way and you could turn your spasticity into foreplay. Another sexy thing that I see in this purely scientific piece of writing from HuffPo a couple years ago was that if you share a hot drink with somebody, you will be more likely to want to do stuff with them because you are more generous and more loving and more emotionally connected because of the warmth, which makes sense. I think this would be a great option for anybody with fall is a great time if you're just seeing somebody new and you have chronic pain or disability. Heat is a great way to lessen chronic pain. I know for myself with IBS and spastic CP, heat's a great, a great way for my body to just relax a little bit and calm down. Um, and this could be a great way for you to bond with a partner and be like, "Hey, I'm not feeling so hot today, but if you wanted to come over and like rub a hot water bottle on my body, and then we can make out." Like that's a that's a cool way to incorporate disability into your stuff, especially in the fall because it gets cold. And I know in the winter when I'm after I'm out in the snow and stuff, and when it's cold. And when it gets cold around fall right now, like I know I would want somebody to come over with a hot water bottle and rub it on my body and then rub their body on my body with the hot water bottle in my wheelchair. I can just I'm envisioning like hot water bottles, disability, wheelchairs, and hot sex. That's what I'm picturing here. But it could be a good way for you, if you use heat as a way to relax, to talk to your partner about the changes in temperature, what that does to your body, ways that they can support you and ways that it can be done in a sexy manner. A lot of the stuff I'm seeing here also suggests that in the fall, everybody wants to be indoors more, which is true, because it gets nipply and cold a little bit. So, um, this is a great time for anybody who can't be outside because if Visibility or finds accessibility outside to be tough for you to be like, hey, come over to my place, let's have a sexy dinner party, Let's do some Netflix and chill. All those times that you as a disabled person felt that access wasn't easy for you because everybody wants to go to hike or they want to go out or they want to do all these things, you can now say, hey, come over to my place. Let's go inside to my place and watch a movie. Let's do a thing together inside my place because inside my place is warm and it's accessible. Let's do that together. This is a great time for you to own your disability and be very upfront about how Being indoors is the most accessible for you, and then you can be sexy indoors together. Alright, so I don't see any more summer or fall sex tips that make sense to connect to disability, Um, but I hope you enjoyed these ones, and I hope you enjoyed episode 102, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Um, And thank you for listening, and you should subscribe in all the places, and you should also five-star review on iTunes, it's the largest metric for us to get the show out there, and I want the show to be one of the tops, um, thank you so much for listening, and thank you for following the show, And uh, we'll talk to you soon, bye! Alright, so that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. I'm, of course, your host, Andrew Gerza. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. If you want to follow my work, you can head on over to www.andrewgerza.com or follow me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. You can also follow the Disability After Dark podcast on Twitter by following DisAftDarkPod. You can also follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disabilityafterdark. It would also be super awesome if you could leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts so more people can hear about the show. And if you are able and want to support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash content. This way we can do do things like get better equipment, you help me make a living doing this thing, you help support content made but made, By and for people with disabilities, so I can't thank you enough. And you can pledge whatever you can and as little as $1 a month to make it as financially accessible as possible. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time, right here on Disability After Dark. Copyright notice. Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations, with music by Chris Ugiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright, Cripple Content Creations, 2018.